This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome friends to another Freedom Fighter podcast. I'm really excited to announce this week our new series uh, around the subject of critical thinking. Uh, This inspiration to to go here came after a friend of mine uh, had really swallowed a horrible lie that that resulted in such discouragement. I just watched it happen before my eyes, just a skydive, you know, sinking deeper and deeper into discouragement and depression because of his agreement with some thoughts that weren't weren't uh, assessed, reviewed, critiqued. So we're going to go over this series to really establish what's critical thinking, why should I develop it, how do I practice it? And what does the Bible say about it? Um, you know, so really believe ways for, for great light, for practical help that's going to uh, give you light, that's going to lead to life, that's going to produce restoration and healing and freedom in your life that uh, that, that really, really helps, really empowers. So be blessed, guys, as you listen to this first session. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Hope you are good this morning. Uh so we're going into a new series today. Really, really excited about it, um, and really believing for new life. You know, a new series as we get into the new year. Uh, new life, new vision, new victory. As we cultivate areas of our hearts in ways that they've not been cultivated before. Uh, so I've really got a. I've really got uh, something stirring in me about about what I'm going to share. Uh, I believe I've been prepared to share these things for 20 years of my life. Um, and they're very significant to me, what I'm about to share today. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. The inspiration came uh, for the message, for the guidance to go there after needs became aware. Uh, I became aware of needs with two people I spoke to just before Christmas. And basically, one one of my close friends had believed a horrible lie that resulted in such discouragement for him. He accepted thoughts that that was that was, you know, suggested to him, and it resulted in a couple of weeks of real, you know, a kind of skydive. Um, and then I, I spoke to a, a college friend. Uh, and, you know, they, they were crying out, saying, I don't know how to disconnect from my, th- uh, my thoughts. So that need was like, you know, got me thinking. And I started to ask myself, you know, what what have I been taught about these things? Uh, because it became it became clear that one, one, one of them had been trained for years in being honest. And he, he he is one of the most honest, uh, you know, you know, person that I've ever encountered. But he hadn't he been taught how to critique his thoughts. It wasn't. There's no been a, a lot of development in, you know, knowing what to accept and what not to accept. So that that's the new series we're going to delve into. 
the term came from Socrates, who's a Greek philosopher, um, you know, who kind of, you know, introduced the world, I suppose, to the the critical thinking. But I'm going to share my experience of that and how uh, I believe God introduced me to it and, and showed me how important this is for us to develop. So we're going to look at, what what is it, the day? Uh, we're going to look at why should we develop it, how important is it? And then we'll look at how do we practice it? How, what's the simple ways of learning? How, how do we apply these things? Simple, practical empowering uh, you know things to do for ourselves and then we'll, we'll touch on what the Bible says about it as we go but I'm sure you know you know there's, there's scriptures that will come to mind uh, as we go so I'll just open up with prayer so Father we just worship you today God we're excited that God we're on a journey and although we're not moving very far physically God uh, uh, we thank you that we can take ground in our inner lives God, we can still keep growing and challenging ourselves and stretching and moving and adapting and adjusting and updating ourselves through this time. God, and in the, the light of the hour we're in, when the mental health of the nation is in such a... Lord, we hear all these reports and we're not going to focus too much on all the problems, but we know it's a, we know it's a, it's a fact that, the God, that the, the nation's mental health in this time is... is, is uh, you know, there's been a massive decline... So it's so important, oh God, that we offer light and understanding uh, and how to fight and win in the battle for our minds. So I just pray for light that leads to life through this series. We step out in faith. God, we are trusting you that we'll, we'll, we'll get clarity and understanding that we've never had before. We'll see the need for this. We'll, we'll, we'll accept and embrace the need for us to develop ourselves in this and practice these things. And, and Lord, um, and, and Lord, we'll see the truth that makes us free. So we thank you for these things today, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so, I'll start off with a wee story. Um, you know, and it's my, it's my own kind of uh, background. Um, you know, you think of thinking. Um, this subject fascinated me. This is how I came out of all the darkness and the drugs and the, the you know, being one of the boys in, the, in Kowinan. Uh, you know, this this is the kind of, um, you know, the subject that captured me to begin with. I came out of prison, Young Offenders, 2000, sorry, in 1999. So the probably about 2000, my, my cousin's friend, who I wouldn't have said was a thinker or, you know, or a guy of faith, he handed me a library book from a preacher called The Power of Positive Living, right? And I was reading this book and I could not believe that this could happen. I just, it just seemed so far out of my reality. The examples of life that I was reading of just felt so far away from my reality that I, that, that I felt, nah, that can't be true, surely. Um, and uh, you know, at that point in my life, I didn't know, but I had drug-induced psychosis. So, for for those who've no encountered that or had a bit of paranoia of their own drugs, it's a mental disorder in which your thoughts and emotions are so impaired 
that perception of external reality is severely affected. Right? Maybe some of you are saying, no, I've no way on drugs, but I know, some, I know somebody like that. <laughs> they interpret life with the way all the time. It seems to be they've got an impaired way of perceiving. But, you know, for me, back then, that was... Uh, I, I had this experience after the years of abuse in my mind that I was not interpreting life in a good way. You know, there was there was fears and panic and paranoia that was just causing so much problems. Uh, daily torment. And I, I'm, I'm under explaining this here. You know, I, I, it was li- living in a constant fear. So anyway... So, when I got these books and I heard about changing your thinking changes your life, I was like, I was, I was sold, you know, because I recognised my thinking is my problem. I can see that. I can, you know, I can identify that my thoughts are what's what I need to get away from. Uh, so, you know, I started. You know, on that that journey, maybe another book uh, I read along the lines, and eventually, I can I found some scriptures. One was Proverbs twenty three seven. Uh, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I I was hearing them, and I was going, is is you know, it really kind of diagnosed my problem to a degree and my limited understanding and that. It diagnosed that as I think in my heart, so am I. And then I'd done some, can I introduce to some other content at that point, I remember a quote I used to quote to folk, what the mind dwells upon, it grows upon, what the mind grows upon, we become. So I was, I was being convinced that my mind was where the battle was at and I had to do something about, you know, what I was focusing on and dwelling on. And really, what, what you know, as I reflect now, 15, 17 years later, I kind of, I kind of identify that actually what I was doing was I was identifying I knew I needed to learn to think better, right? And then, and then the element of that was faith, because I mean you could listen to some of the positive thinking stuff and think this is all it is. I don't need anything else. But just to say at the outset, <laughs> uh, you know, if positive thinking was all there was. Um, I knew at the time, no, it, I can positively think all I want, but if I'm living in sin, and I think there's no consequences to my actions, and I just need to think happy thoughts, there's no power in any of it. No power. But when you're living right, uh, it's important to feed our minds and, and believe the right things. But it's not just all about positive thinking, so don't under, misunderstand me here. So... As I went, my, my journey then uh, became more and more uh, interested in the things of God, the kingdom of God, the things that I couldn't see of the realm of God. And I heard John eight thirty two. you know, uh, Jesus saying to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide my words, you will be my disciples indeed, and then you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. I was like that, free? That is a, that was the greatest desire of my heart, to be free from paranoia and mental torment and mental disturbance. It was like, 
I need to know the truth. And then I, I remember going to a church, Cornerstone Church in Quinn, and I heard Romans 12, to, uh, 1 and 2, and uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you'll be able to prove and experience for yourself on earth what is the good and the perfect and acceptable will of God. And, and, and I just knew at the time, you know, if I want to experience God's best, it's, it's determined by how much I renew my mind to think like he thinks. To renew my mind to accept what he says. So, you know, that, that's in a nutshell, really. I mean, it seems as if that just happened overnight, but that, that was a, 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 quite a process uh, to, to get there. But the question I was asking was, how do I fight against these thoughts and win? The impressions, the suggestions, the things that are stealing my joy, the things that steal our confidence, the things that steal our normal functioning. That we can't even, you know, back then, I, I mean, you couldn't even, couldn't even, you couldn't perform, uh, you couldn't just do normal things because there was such viruses in my head. I don't know if anybody can relate with that, but, you know, you know, we've all thought thoughts. We've all had thoughts that have been paralysing us in some way, disabling us from being able to function properly. Um, so, so what, what we're going to, what we're going to, you know, go into with this series is, is a, uh, you know, learning how do we manage that. You know, break it down into such such simplicity. Um, we've done freedom in Christ so this is going on a bit here I mean this is six, seven years into the journey for me I heard about this the Chinese military commander for the first time called Sun Tzu he wrote a book 500 years before Christ called The Art of War and in the book you know I've watched a documentary about him recently but I mean the, the generals of armies I mean, American West Point, they still teach out of this book that was written all this time ago because it was so insightful. And one of the things that he quotes that Steve Gorson, the leader of Freedom Christ, wrote was, the supreme art of war is to subdue your enemy without fighting. And, uh, you know, this really says, and the word subdue is to overpower is disquiet somebody to take them to take them out to to defeat and crush them. He said the supreme art of war is to subdue and crush and overpower them without even shooting a bullet. <laughs> you know, it's to weaken them so much by getting them so overwhelmed in the level in the realm of their minds. And then just just when you think of that quote, can you think of others who have been totally taken out? in the realm of their minds, by thoughts. Has it happened to you? Of course it has. I was talking to a guy yesterday, and I mean, we were talking about uh, suicide. The thoughts, the th some, some, of the, some of the thoughts that uh, his, experience, his experiences had. And I'm talking about others that I've uh, been encountered. And we're talking about the lies that, people believe to go there it's serious stuff serious stuff because 
I could tell you, I could tell you uh, great detail of something that we've encountered that happened by by the thoughts in this person's mind that weren't they true, but they totally accepted them as true and acted upon them, and their lives were totally taken out. And the lie is, like this guy was telling me yesterday, they'd be better off without me. Is that right? Have you ever met somebody's family who's uh, who the who the, the one of the parents has committed suicide and, and sat with them and seen the trauma, the grief, the loss? It's not true. It's a total lie. So I know this is it's serious stuff we're talking about here, in the midst of a, a nation that the you know guy was telling me yesterday. How does that guy know get sectioned? Rachel tells me of people she's worked with who've uh, had these experiences and um, did they help? Did they did they get to the root of the problem? Did they empower them to, to, to overcome in the battle for their minds? No. Did they numb them? I'm not saying, I'm not speaking against medical science or medication that's required at some point, but we're talking about fighting for people's hearts and lives and for people to see the restoration to factory settings that God promises that I totally believe in. Uh, and, I mean, I'm talking to a guy in the world, and he received these words, with, he's a way telling folk in the tune about what this, what this means. And see if the joy I've got in my heart, because I know how true is that when, they, when guys that have never heard any of these things are going, how, what about this? <laughs> no, they're hearing it, never heard any of these things in all their lives, they're hearing it and they're jumping for joy with it. I was with folk the other day there. I so appreciate my brothers, that I, the, the, the most courageous warriors that I walk with, I have to say. Uh, when I was with my old pals, I see things that are totally lacking. Um, you know, remember Eldridge said this, he says, behind every posing man is a wounded boy. Lived for years and about the posers, folk that criticise and condemn folk constantly and talk about folk, you're not your pals. They'll just talk about you and you, you, you don't, you're not anywhere near them. See the guys I walk with, they're the most courageous bunch, most courageous warriors that I'm so grateful for. Guys that, guys that are not afraid to say, I know who Jesus is. He's not this pussyfooting religious person. He's a person that saved me and set me free. Has helped me restore my heart. Helped me walk right as a man, as a, as a husband, and as a parent. That's a new man. So, you know, to me, I, I just, I know that uh, these things, what we're doing, it's so, 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 uh, so, so important. Uh, as I say, in the midst of a nation that's looking for answers. So, how did I get introduced? How, how, when I think about my friend who says, a lie swallows, and it resulted in weeks of very, very near, very near, uh, you know, depression, darkness, taking over him. So what did I, what was I, what was I saying to him? I shared my own experience. My own experience was this. 
I was uh, at friends of mine's as a, a younger a younger man in the Christian journey. Bill and Maisie Mercer. Lovely Christian couple. Uh, as I've said before, uh, you know, Maisie, I felt, you know, I, I was seeing her as, a, as she was a bit crabby at times. <laughs> but that's maybe just my perception. Maybe just it was wrong, but... Uh, so what happened was, I'm, I'm at their house, just me, and I'm there with all my issues, with all my previous baggage, the way I'd learned, the, what, I'd, what had formed me to that point. And I, I remember, uh, they picked me up at Dunoon, and it was 30 minutes round the road to their house. They basically said, hello. There was just niceties talking. And uh, we... We basically, basically never see them for the next twenty something minutes. <laughs> so I'm in the back of the car, going like that. You know, somebody should be talking here. My head's going. Is this because of me? I should. Somebody should be saying something. And I'm telling you, it was like, oh, you know, just getting so nervous. Eventually, I just surrender. She wished. Tell your head to wished. <laughs> so it was like, calm down, be quiet. So. Um, I was out helping Maisie. There was a sign in the cottage cell, uh, uh, kind of a wee bed and breakfast. Beautiful cottage, right in Loch Fine. And I was out helping her put a sign up, and she wasn't saying anything. Now I'm walking up there, and this stuff getting in my head again. She she's not talking to me. She, she she's because she's not saying something. I've done some, and I'm not joking. My head was like a bus couch, right? Disturbed, my peace, no peace. And they stayed right next to the lock, and I had my wee prayer chair, I had a wee camping chair, I'd take it down to the back side of the lock and just sit in it, and do what I'd learned today, some contemplative kind of prayer, relaxation, just totally still myself. And so, I defeatedly walked down to this hut, my wee prayer hut, drained, tormented. I collapsed in the chair, surrender, and I must have fell asleep. 20 minutes later, I wake to these words... Did you choose those thoughts? And because I was quiet, I wasn't caught up with the, the thinking. I was seeing the thinking. And it helped me assess that no, they were automatic, conditioned, uh, unconscious, um, you, know, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, conditioned response kind of thing, based upon my previous conditioning. As I've been doing uh, my college course this year, the uh, one subject I've done is CBT, and it's really helped me because it's it's gave me theory for everything that I've I've received. I have to say, there's been guys that have studied these things for years and found how uh, how dangerous believing and uh, agreeing with lies are. And one one certain tradition is called the cognitive behavioural uh, therapy tradition CBT, and they talk about automatic negative thoughts or ants. And they talk about thoughts that just are automatic, they are plausible, they seem reasonable, they appear true, right? And we just, they just go through our heads and we don't even question them. We unquestionably accept them, they, they, you know, they, they can be unhelpful and involuntary, but we just agree with them. I, that day, I had just agreed with all these things, that this, she wasn't saying something to me, it must be rejection, it must be this, it must be that. And uh, 
as I say, I never cho- chose these thoughts. These thoughts just come through my head based upon what had been programmed before. So I was getting subdued without even fighting. That was a reality. Um, the next thought came, who would you be without those thoughts? And I recognised I would be free. Maisie would just be the way she was. I wouldn't need to judge her. I wouldn't need to think she was this, she was that. She would be the way she was, but I wouldn't be getting taken up with the content in my head. So that was my first uh, experience, an introduction to critical thinking. What does the word critical mean? We're not talking about uh, we're criticising every day and ourselves. We're talking about critiquing. It's to evaluate and assess and review. That's where the word comes from, critique. You have to actually go, did I choose that thought? Where's that thought coming from that I'm just buying into? Like my friend here at the, the beginning of the, just before Christmas, believing these horrible lies about himself that resulted in such depression for two, two weeks, downward spiral. And it was, consequences were getting, were getting increasing in terms of the, the pain and the influence it was having in his relationships and all that. So, um, that, that, that was the, that was my first introduction to that. We've spoke, I've got so much to share about this, but, you know, remember the, we've talked about Disney movie, The Kid. Me and Vince, we went to Eldridge's uh, camp in America. I was introduced to the movie, The Kid. And basically, it explains the situation I'm talking about here. That the kid was brought up, uh, Russell Dirritz was brought up, and he had nothing but one bad traumatic experience after another, which resulted in him becoming a man who had lost heart, who had surrendered all his dreams because his heart was assaulted, he had been, his, his, you know, his dreams had been stolen. But then what happens is, the kid shows up, his younger self shows up, and he starts to reflect upon the things that had happened to him as a, as a boy, but this time with an adult present. The adults present to help him question, by the way, that wasn't your fault. That was your dad who was the one that was, it was, he, you, you know, you took that as if it was you, killed your mum, for instance, that's what happened. But no, it was his dad was full of fear and blamed him because he was, he was so, he was so afraid and he didn't know how to cope and he was scared that, that he couldn't look after his son himself. But that wee boy didn't know that. That wee boy just accepted that I'm the one to blame. And then he goes through the next 20 years of his life, you know, experiencing and reproducing this, you know, this, I'm to blame, I'm to be punished, there's something wrong with me. So it disabled, it deadened him, it, t- it took parts of his heart out, it subdued him and crushed, it crushed his ability to live. And listen, that is the story of every one of your lives. I love what Eldridge said and we've mentioned it often over the last three years, the story of our life is the story of a long and brutal assault on our hearts by the one who knows what we could be and fears it. If you if you sit and look at your story, something's been lost, something's been stolen, something's been assaulted, something's been surrendered. 
there's been something in our hearts through this the situations of your lies. Just look at this guy's and before Christmas. There was something stolen for him because he believed a lie. He didn't he didn't uh, know after absolutely refute this. Um you know what 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 we're defining here is you have to think about what you're thinking about. Before you accept anything, if you th- before we accept and agree with ideas worthy of your belief, think about them. Second Corinthians ten, three to five. We walk in the flesh, but we don't war in the flesh. We 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 are physical creatures. We live in a physical realm, but our weapons and our war is no in a physical in the physical. Because if that was the case. We'd all be sitting pure free, walking about with, you know, anything that camp stays, we'd just be able to hit other here with a weapon. No, he says, the weapons of our warfare are not physical, carnal, fleshly, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. He says, uh, casting down, refuting, disagreeing with, refusing to accept or associate with, don't agree with, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That That is uh, the biblical way to critically think. With the question and critique these lies that blind us and bind us. It's such a. I mean, it's no complicated. You, you, you know, I know that you, you start reading books about these things, and you will be compl- you will be confused because there's that much information, philosophies, and the bottom line is it's keeping it simple. Socrates said the unexamined life is no worth living, and it's true. <laughs> Paul says we've just read in First Corinthians the reason many are weak and sick and have died among you is because you didn't examine and judge yourselves. Weak mentally. Sick, mentally, uh, died. You know, I, I could tell you some some people just in the last year died because you never examined and judged. They never examined and judged what the thoughts in your head, the beliefs you're, you're agreeing with, the lies. Well, you didn't even know were lies, but you just accepted them. This is serious stuff. And it's uh, it's important we understand the nature of the battle. It's in the battlefield of our minds that these battles are fought and won, are lost, fought, uh, won or lost. The battlefield of our minds. And as I said to you, my story was so deep. I had to learn this because I was so messed up in my mind. It was like that was my every consuming hour of the day. I was knowing I need to do this. I need to fix this. I need to find help. Um, so, the greatest tragedy, and just finishing, the greatest tragedy is accepting and agreeing with thoughts without a fight. Go back to camp, we've used this a couple of times, but we watched the World at War, 26 part documentary on the Second World War, narrated by this guy, Lawrence Olivier. And it came to one called uh, Banzai. And it's about the war in, uh, you know, the Pacific, and specifically the Japanese capturing the islands of Singapore and uh, 
Malaya and different different uh, islands like that, or, or countries like that. And what happened was, there was 50,000 Japanese. There was a hundred and up to 130 British, Commonwealth, Australian and all the different, uh, you know, countries that made up the Commonwealth at that time, uh, soldiers. The British surrendered 130,000 soldiers to 50,000 Japanese. Briti uh, Winston Churchill said it was the Brit biggest capitulation in British history. Capitulate means you give up without a fight. When you watch it as a man, for me, it took my it took some out my heart. Because I had watched at that point some war movies like The Railway Man that, 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 that documented and, you know, explained the, the fate of those who surrendered. And if they guys knew what they were surrendering to, they would never have surrendered. Dying in the, in the, the Burma Railway. Dying with these brutal Japanese who had been t drilled into them, never surrender. So they, they, they treated them like, like, like filth. It was horrific. If they knew what they were surrendering to, they would never have surrendered. They would never have capitulated. And so I'm bringing that into the, the, the spiritual. That's happened and you can see that in the physical. Look what happens when we capitulate. Accepting and agreeing with the wrong things. Yielding. Giving in. To things, if we could have only saw the damage that was going to have, I'm absolutely convinced we are, we are, we are thing that a situation last year, we could only have saw the damage that happened to the kids, the damage that happened in the family. They things, there's no way you'd have surrendered to that. No way. So that's just the first bit of, bit of background defining what it is. Uh, you know, we'll go next week and we'll take it for there. I'm just going to finish with prayer. So, Father, we, we come today. We thank you for light that leads to life. We ask you for clarity, God, as we've, we've, uh, as we've uh, discussed these things. I pray for each person listening, God, that I pray that they, they would consider their things. I pray for mental strength, resolve, determination, God, for... for a sense that this is what I need to learn. This is what I need to uh, persist in until things become easier. Until I can learn how to disagree with thoughts. How I can learn to accept the right things and and, and uh, reject and repudiate myself with the wrong things. So God, I just pray, Lord, every every person that's heard today, there'll be faith entered their hearts. Faith that this can work for them. And hope, oh God, that things can get and will get better. Oh God, that we get that, that we keep doing these things, that Lord our minds can be restored, that Lord transformation over treatment is possible. God, that we can learn to fight and we can learn to win. I don't need to reproduce all this stuff that's been in my head. I can learn to renew my mind and take the take the promises that God has 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 has, has uh, uh, offered me. So I just pray each person's listening. If they've no asked you into their lives, God, I pray today that they would say, Jesus, I believe what we've heard. I believe I need you more than ever. I'm sick of being a poser. I'm sick of living superficially. I'm sick of doing life without real, any real meaning. I want I want real stuff, stuff that leads to real life. I pray today, God, 
that they, that they ask you into their lives and, the, and the, uh, they, they experience the freshness, the newness of life that only you can bring. In Jesus' mighty name. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.